Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo. Welcome to another episode of the Global Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Carrillo. Today, we have Bill Manicero. Bill's the host of the Old Dogs REI Network, a blog, newsletter, and weekly podcast for people 50 years and older interested in real estate investing to fund their retirement. Bill's goal is to own control 1,000 units doors in less than six years. And prior to forming the Old Dogs REI Network, Bill and his family were missionaries to orphan children living on the streets of Haiti. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Bill. Well, thanks for having me, Charles. Great to great to talk to you again. <laughs> so you have an interesting story of uh, getting and starting in a professional, and uh, you were a musician, I think, before, and then you became. Uh, you, so give us a little background on yourself, both personally and professionally, prior to getting involved in real estate investing. Sure. Well, um, yeah, I, I'm from Southern California. Um, that's where I am right now. Um, I uh, basically, you know, uh, grew up uh, grew up in the in this area. Ended up. Uh, first sort of serious job was getting into banking and uh, kind of moved into the, uh, the corporate world, a 28 branch savings and loan, which I don't even know if you, you know what a, <laughs> those are anymore, you know, but it used to be the big thing, you know, um, but, uh, uh, it, it was a 28 branch savings and loan. I just kind of, you know, got in there young, started as a teller, worked my way up to a vice president of marketing. And uh, um, it was a, you know, it was a, it was kind of fun, you know, doing the corporate thing, but at the same time, I, I really didn't really like the, the nine to five and, and, you know, how much it put into your, your time, you know, you, you always work twice as much you think you're going to work. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I, I loved it. It was fun, uh, but uh, wanted to sort of break out into more entrepreneurial ventures and uh, started my own uh, marketing, advertising and public relations firm. And uh, from there, um, it, you know, branched into, you know, just a lot of different tech, different technologies, different uh, uh, types of clients from automotive to healthcare to um, uh, technology and uh, uh, software specifically. Um, and then I, I uh, at that time, there was a lot going on in Southern California, you know, trying to establish a uh, almost a Silicon Valley South in California, and uh, we formed a group called uh, Software Council Southern California, and I, I really got very involved in this group, helping new companies launch, uh, helping those that are here to to want to stay and grow here, and uh, so I got you know very involved in that, and uh, uh, that was a that was a blast. Uh, uh, it was just as the internet was starting to come in, and uh, I got sort of snagged away from our organization uh, to work with a new internet company that was being started by uh, Meg Whitman and some others from eBay um, that uh, was going to be a business portal. And um, but at the same time, you know, I was having sort of like personal uh, struggle in a way because uh, you know I'm a, a man of faith. I, I you know, um, a strong believer, a Christian, and uh, um, I was kind of feel, feeling a draw to the ministry. And uh, I was, you know, enjoyed business and, and just uh, had a blast doing it. But uh, I felt like he wanted me to do something more. And, and I had um, a, uh, a 
I've been a musician for years, uh, since I was about 13 years of age. And, and that was kind of the thing in the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd, you'd have a garage band. And and that was kind of like, you know, where we started. But then I, I you know, was able to use my, my musician skills to earn my way through college. And, uh, you know, I played clubs at night and so forth. And, and uh, so it was, uh, it was always something that I enjoyed doing. And I, when I could find time in my business life, I would uh, try to a gig here and there and what have you I had a lot of friends that were musicians and so um i i was uh, you know getting involved in, in children's music and i had written a lot of children's music um and was uh, involved in in concerts uh, at our church and so forth and uh in that process i um uh you know came out with an album and and that album kind of just took off on local you know christian music radio stations and it you know, there was a lot of people that wanted me to play concerts for festivals, for um, camps, all kinds of stuff. And so I'd kind of do that on the weekend. But, you know, we were, I was also launching a new Internet company. So yeah. so it was it was really kind of a, a real bug of my time. And so I you know, I kind of was praying about it. I said, you know, God, you know, I don't think I can do both of these. This isn't going to work. And I go, this is what I'll do. I'll stay at this Internet company for a year. At the end of the year, um, my stock options will be through the ceiling and you know, I'll be able to quit and I won't have to ask any people for money to support the ministry. And I'll just, you know, go from there, you know, well, almost a year to that date um, that I made that deal with God. Um, I basically, uh, you know, the internet bubble burst and this wonderful new little company we had was, you know, the stock options weren't worth <laughs> wallpaper. I couldn't use them for anything. And so... You know, and I think it was God's way to kind of, he has a sense of humor and he basically just said, okay, now I want, I want you to do it my way. I want you to walk out in faith. So that's basically what I did is I, you know, I didn't have the internet job anymore. Didn't really, I mean, I, I kind of got back into the, you know, circulating my, my resume and, and what have you, but I said I was going to do this ministry thing. So we basically sold everything we had, my family, and they had a, you know, kind of a small family at that time. Um, uh, my wife and I, you know, uh, we're living in a place called Redondo Beach, getting so frustrated and I was saying, for some reason, we never, we never were in want. We always had what we needed. And, and I just basically at a certain point just said, I'm not even going to look at this budget anymore. And, uh, and I'm just going to, you know, I've got a board of directors, they can do the budget. I'm going to work with the kids and do that kind of stuff. And that's basically what happened 12 years later. Um, you know, we're there. We had grown to, uh, you know, a good size organization. We had about 70 uh, employees, Haitian employees, and uh, um, we had a, a much everything my daughter wanted, a hospital, we had a boys' home, a girls' home, a guest house, a whole vocational training program with micro-businesses where the kids could learn uh, you know, various types of businesses. And, mm-hmm. and, and anyway, just uh, this really great, wonderful thing. We were there during the earthquake. Um Oprah Winfrey came over and interviewed us. We had uh, a CNN did a, a half hour doc, an hour documentary on uh, what we were doing over there called Rescued. Um, so a lot of things happened. Long story short, <laughs> sorry, it's very long story here. Um, it basically we're getting older, and my kids, as you know, I had at seven at that time because we adopted Haitian kids. Um, everybody's growing up and moving back home. Uh, my wife had a bout with cancer while we were there. Um, it was completely healed. It was just miraculous. And that was w- wonderful that she was healed. What we were planning on living there for life, we really felt that 
God wanted us to, you know, to really focus in on what we're doing and whether we should be there. And so we went on a one year sabbatical, went to back to the States. Uh, my wife's parents took ill and we ended up being caregivers for them. And we felt like that was really a sign that we needed to be there. And uh, so, so, okay. So I, we flew back to Haiti. We had to get all everything in order. We had this big organization. We need to find people to step in to take our place and the whole thing. And the whole time I'm thinking about my retirement and I'm kind of going, okay, well, I guess this is it. You know, I'm approaching 60, I guess I'm going to retire, but I didn't feel like I, I wanted to retire. I didn't have, you know, it's like, what am I going to do? You know, collect seashells on the seashore. And I mean, it just, I, you know, what do you do in retirement? I don't play golf. I, you know, I just, you know, I was kind of trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do? And so I just said, I just want to do something to, you know, to keep myself busy. But I want to do something that's going to make a difference too. And so, so I get this unexpected check in the mail, inheritance check. And I was pretty heavily invested in, in stocks, especially in the tech stocks because of my involvement in the tech industry. And, and I got this, you know, inheritance check. I'm looking at what am I going to do with this? I don't want to put it in the market. The market is a little volatile. Plus I, I just wanted to diversify. So I'm looking at the various options I had. Um, and I, I thought, well, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll gold or, you know, different things, annuities, things that maybe I hadn't done before. Um, and, but I had a lot of guys on my board of directors for Child Hope that were in real estate. And one of them was a real successful uh, real estate investor, owned apartment buildings in mm -hmm. Southern California. I thought, well, maybe I'll just invest in, in real estate. And I didn't really know what that meant. You know, I could it be a REIT, it could be, you know, buying and deeds or, or, yeah. you know, flipping houses. I, I was looking at all kinds of things. So I, you know, I was online looking at options. I thought I would you know, flip houses and, um, you know, I was thinking, gee, you know, that, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm starting kind of later in life. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a handyman, but not really, you know, that good. <laughs> I just howling back forth. Finally, I just said, like, I'm gonna do something simple. I'm gonna do turnkey rental properties. And so I hopped on a plane out of Port-au-Prince. I flew to Atlanta, Georgia. I bought a single family home there. I flew to Memphis. I bought a duplex and, an, and another single family home. Then I hopped back on the plane to Haiti. And next month, boom, money's appearing in my account, just miraculously. You know, they had tenants in them. They were all rehabbed. They're, but this is easy. And I, this is great. That was a, that was a good move. Um, but then I'm also looking at what am I going to do as a profession? And I'm thinking... You know, I was thinking online businesses because I, I had a marketing firm advertising, but marketing and advertising totally changed. I mean, there wasn't even social media when I was doing it, you know, and, um, and so it's just a very different deal. So I was looking at all these options and I said, well, why not? Why don't I just do this real estate thing, but get serious? And um, so we're, you know, again, we're planning on going back. We're, we're looking at it. I'm having fun with this, you know, you know, money coming in on a regular basis. I touch base with my property manager every now and then. Everything seemed really easy. And basically, uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm seeing different things that are sort of emerging. I'm noticing that this, I paid about the same for each of these properties. And the duplex that I bought, um, you know, I paid the same thing that I did for the other two, but I make twice as much in rent. And, um, you know, I, I don't have twice as much headache. You know, I don't have two property tax payments. I don't have two insurance, you know, uh, payments to make. I don't have two roofs. It's just one, one 
facility. I go, this is crazy. Why am I buying single family when I could be buying these multis? And then I started to really think, and by this time, we're getting ready to go back to the States. Um, I bought another duplex, but this time it was in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, that, that'd, be a, that'd be a route to go. Um, and, and I'm thinking, but why am I limiting myself? So we finally we've, we've moved back to the States and I'm like, okay, I'm into this thing. And I'm really actually really excited about it. I said, we, we made that determination that we were, it was time for us to stay home while we were taking care of my, my wife's parents. And so um, at that time I said, this is it. Well, okay, you got to do it with both feet or you're going to you know, do something else. And I said, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it so that it can help what we're doing in Haiti because we still have this nonprofit organization, Child Hope. I wanted to you know, be able to, one of the, our dreams is building this, this village for our children there. Um, it would be just awesome. We'd have everything on one place. You know, we had rented all these other properties. We had like six or seven properties and, and uh, this was the idea of just finding this beautiful place up in the mountains of Haiti, which are just gorgeous and, uh, and making this little village for them. So I thought, okay, then, you know, what's it going to take? I started looking at it and I was looking at sort of my earning per door on these properties. And I thought, okay, well, um, if I can just, you know, double every, what I, what I have each year within six years, I can have a thousand units. And so um, I thought, well, you know, that would be perfect. That'd be great. It'd give us, a, you know, a good opportunity to, for our retirement, you know, to have the kind of retirement we want. Uh, it would give us a chance to help kids in Haiti. At the same time, it would allow me to build a legacy, you know, for I got seven kids, you know, something to hand down to my kids, right? And so that's, that's uh, where I, you know, I came back. And one of the things I did early on, I think it was a good move, was I got a mentor. And the mentor... Mm -hmm. Uh, told me, look, you know, you need to share your story. And, and, and I was already sharing it. I was writing to all these other guys about my age, these other boomers, you know, out there. And they're all asking me, what are you doing, you know, in real estate, how are those houses doing, how are those duplexes. And um, I, while in the process of that, I pick up 22 unit of property in Indianapolis. I, I found this property. It was just like, it was unbelievable. It looked like it was an old property. It was fully functioning and it was cash flowing. And uh, I, I just said, you know, I, I was really new. So <laughs> I'm learning as I'm going along. And that was part of what I was sharing with my friends I was writing to as I'm saying, look, here, you guys, I'm going to tell you what not to do. I can give you a long <laughs> list right now. And so that's, that's kind of, you know, how things started to evolve. It, it turned into a blog. Uh, my mentor said, you need to make a podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was at the time, but I said, okay, but, uh, you know, this guy, he does, does it every day, and I was going to go, there's no way, I'll do it just once a week, and uh, so that's, I started this podcast, and um, and it was great, it was, I, I actually didn't realize it would be, um, didn't really understand, I thought it was just getting the information out there, but what I was realizing is the networking was amazing, because, yeah. and you've, I'm sure, experienced it, you can invite people on the show that normally wouldn't even take your call as a a novice little real estate investor you you know i've had robert kiyosaki on i've had uh, you know david lindahl wow. i've had all these you know power hitters that um i've been able to develop you know relationships with over time and that helped me because you know these my each podcast that i did for me was is like a 
a college course, you know, <laughs> I'd okay. sit down like when you were on, you, you had a ton of great information about stuff that I really had never heard about before with the, you know, the international community. And, and I'm so, you know, I just, I love, you know, having guests on more for myself, you know, I guess than, than for anything else, but, but that's basically what happened. And we launched what's called the old dogs REI network. Um, and that is, uh, it's a, it, we geared it towards people that are 50 plus because mm -hmm. there are really unique circumstances for people that start later. Um, there's yeah. some advantages, definitely. But there's also some disadvantages. And we try to address all those things. And so basically the show you know, educates people. Um, I, I added another day. So I, I, besides the day I have guests on, it was, it's twice a week. I also have a day where I just, it's called Fun Fact Fridays, where I'll either cover, you know, factual things that are important, or I'll share part of my drama, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of, you know, my experience as a novice, you know, going into real estate. And it's grown and it's, and so has my portfolio in the process. I've gotten into syndication. Um, and uh, I, you know, not only that, but we've even moved into ground up construction, senior living facilities. Um, so it, you know, I'm getting closer and closer to my goal. Um, and, uh, I'm, you know, in the sort of low 900s right now, um, but I'm partnering with other people, which in the beginning I didn't really want to do. And, uh, you know, when I had the 22 unit apartment, my, uh, I wanted to just keep uh, doubling uh, in able to own all the properties myself but i realized especially as you get into you know larger um larger uh, type of properties as well as the funds involved you also want to be able to spread out the risk a little bit too right and so it you know all of it worked out really really well and uh, so so that's that's the story in a nutshell uh i know you just asked me kind of how i got into real estate that's how i got into so let's talk about your first deal. You had a 22 unit. That was your first larger deal, correct? Right, right. So tell us about why you picked, uh, how'd, you, how'd you find the property? How'd you find the market? Um, you know, dig into that a little bit. Let us know kind of how you got it financed as well. Yeah, sure. Well, it was, um, it was kind of interesting. Again, I'm learning, okay? So mm -hmm. I, I really started investing in 2014. I bought this, mm -hmm. this 22 unit in 2016, really sort of 20, late 2015. So still really green. And uh, so I'm, I'm trying to figure my way around. You know, I'm reading a lot. I, I, I have great guests on. I'm, I'm talking to anybody I can. I'm doing what a lot of people do. I've got the podcasts and the webinars and the YouTubes and, and I'm, I'm just trying to absorb everything I can. And, that, and that's what's kind of neat about teaching in general. Um, you teach, I think you learn more um, as a teacher than you do <laughs> as a student. Uh, it's really funny because you have to be able to stand by what you're, you're, you're presenting to people, right? When you're teaching them. So you want to, you really have to make sure you know what you're talking about. So, so that was, that was a, an important element in this is, you know, being able to try to draw what I could. So I was looking for properties and, and I looked everywhere. Um, I even did some, you know, direct mail uh, to try to find off market properties, but I was kind of half shot, you know, a lot of what I was doing. I, I wasn't as systematized as I, as I am now with some of these processes, but um, I went on LoopNet, uh, which is what I did on a regular basis, just to see what's out there, to see what's, and, and everybody in real estate that I knew that was an investor would say, yeah, LoopNet is where 
properties go to die, basically. <laughs> okay, there's something wrong. There's a reason why they're on loop net. And uh, I found this company and I go, wait a minute, this has got to be too good to be true. Um, it's, you know, 22 units. Most of them are studios or efficiencies. Mm -hmm. uh, five of them are uh, one bedroom. So that was kind of an oddity. And I, But what I found out by being in the market more is there was a real shortage of studio apartments. And there were a ton of one bedroom and two bedroom. So I thought, well, maybe there's there's something here. And so um, I wanted to do a value add type deal. Oh, so the deal was it was listed for 400000 which is really, really cheap. I mean, you mm -hmm. couldn't buy a garage in Southern California for 400,000. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. And I go, this again, sounds too good. Well, I go to an older building um, on the inspection. I'm going to make sure I really dig in to make sure there's no hidden surprises, but it's all brick. It's built like a rock. I mean, this thing, I've never seen that kind of construction. It's just so solid. And uh, I was really impressive, at least the foundation and, and, fundamentals were, were pretty good. Um, I, uh, I had to replace the electrical and other things. Well, anyway, what happened is I, I, I waited and waited. I was researching it. I was uh, analyzing. It. I was digging in and underwriting this thing like you know, 15 times, you know, just going over it and over and over it. And uh, finally, I get the courage to make an offer. I, I get an LOI together um, and I, I submit it to um, the owner and it was already under contract. I go, oh man, you know, I waited around months and sort of, sort of figured this would happen. Uh, but in parting, I said to him, I said, look, if anything goes wrong with it. Uh, you, you know, you, you know, you have a buyer right here. You don't have to you have to look around. Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it. And so, uh, and then I went about looking for other properties. And then about four months later, I get a call. The broker says, hey, are you interested in that property i said definitely and, and uh so got in there had the inspectors really just dig in i found a lot of things that we had to uh, uh deal with and mm -hmm. uh able to get the price down to 350 mm -hmm. and uh so uh you know that was great now it's i mean even less per door it was just obscenely inexpensive yeah. and i and i my plan was basically is to, to go in there right away um you know there there were definitely people there that had to leave and i need to find out who they were and and to be able to deal with their situations if they change what they were doing you know to evict them and so that, that part was kind of ugly i hadn't had to do that before so you know kind of getting in there doing the grunt work there but i started immediately working on the common areas and improving them i mean mm -hmm. making it look like like this building was in 1925 i mean it was really you know using a lot of things to kind of make it kind of ornate and and uh, it just really to, to change the inside as people saw that that there was change going on i was able to propose a increase in rents yeah. and then those people that had left either voluntarily or um, through eviction, you know, we, we brought in at a, even a higher rate than we would, or uh, we were increasing rents to. So, mm -hmm. so we were able to sort of jump ahead with, uh, with some of those. And that's, that was kind of the, the process, uh, you know, I had allocated a certain amount of money for uh, the uh, repairs and the upgrades. We took the electrical, it had a, a, a boiler system, you know, for mm -hmm. the heating. Yeah. And you may be more familiar with that, but I'm California. There's, there aren't a lot of boilers out here. And so, uh, 
after doing the research, we saw, you know, like this doesn't make a lot of sense to, to it's an older boiler. I'd either have to replace it or let's do something else. Let's go to all baseboard heating and uh, we'll, you know, we'll go electric and, and the tenants pay electric. So it would be a, an expense off our shoulders too. So, uh, so when all electric did, converted all the electric, you know, did a few things like that and um, uh, was able to upgrade it and, uh, you know, to increase the, the rent uh, within about, I'd say with about a year and a half to, to almost 16% increase. Um, so uh, that really helped a lot. We got the cash flowing and, and, uh, and that, uh, I don't know if I answered your question there. Maybe I answered more. How did you, how did you finance it? Um, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting thing um, because I, um, I had no credit. I had no credit. I was one of these guys, I guess, even before, um, Dave, what's his name? <laughs> Dave, uh, you know, that, that basically says, you know, just uh, don't have any credit cards. Don't have, I, I just, Oh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'd gotten rid of all that stuff before I went in the mission field. And, and even before that, I'd been 20 years without credit. So, so here I am, um, in these first properties I paid in cash, you know, that I had. Mm-hmm. So, now I was looking at some, doing something creative. I wanted to borrow against those properties so that I could purchase this other property. And because those, those I owned outright. And I, I, you know, I didn't have any loans. I didn't have anything. So here I am, um, you, know, just, you know, in this position of going, okay, I'm not going to qualify for anything because I just, I, I don't even know if I have a credit score. Now, strangely enough, I had this old American Express card from my corporate days and and I never, um, I never really used it. It was still active. And because it was so old, it actually helped a little bit of my credit. I had to do other things. And I hated it. I hated signing up for credit cards. I had signing up for credit cards. I financed a car that I didn't have to finance. I, you know, was just going, ah, this is painful. But I knew I had to do that if I was going to make this work. And that's basically what, and, you know, the, the, um, uh, the other duplex I bought in Indiana, I, again, I was going to pay cash for it. I said, I got to finance it. Now that one, I got a really good loan. It was a really great um, loan and it was cheap. And I was, I was just, it was, I was paying hardly anything. And I go, okay, this is great. I qualified, you know, I got, I got it. So now I got that loan. I got the car. I got all these other things. My credits, you know, get really good. So I go in for this, commercial loan and now it's a whole different a whole different body here because i uh before it, the other one was a residential even though i was a, wasn't a, a living in the property i still got a great rate on it on the duplex but now i'm looking at commercial loans and it just it was just a whole different i, I had a literally together a business plan which i had a lot of experience doing about hey, what we we're going to do this with this building and it was a real strong plan but most banks wouldn't touch me and uh, mm-hmm. most uh, even working with some of the brokers I had, a lot of them wouldn't touch me because I didn't have a track record. Right. And I was doing it by myself. So I uh, kind of found sort of this in-between lender that would uh, really wasn't doing, you know, the Fannie Freddie rates, but it was uh, doing these other sort of shorter term loans so you know 10-year loans and and so i kind of had to fall into that category um it was about 7.65 um mm-hmm. and at the yeah. time i think you, you know it, 
the rates were in the fours and fives. So, so it wasn't that great. At least I got the loan and I got into the property and my the thought of you know refinancing it later. But that's basically nice. what I did. Yeah, and I had to do like thirty percent down again because yeah. I didn't have the background. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, what are common mistakes you see other real estate investors make, Bill? Well, I think that. Uh, you know, I, I, talk, I talk to a lot of them and um, there are some some, uh, some things that stand out stronger than others. In a general sense, I think if you're starting as a real estate investor, it's really, really important you get a good mentor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying you have to go out to these guys and charge $40,000 a pop or whatever. You, know, you can you could find mentors in your own neighborhood. You could find somebody and offer mm-hmm. to come in and do some if you're a carpenter you can go into this guy's hey look i'll, I'll uh, help you redo your den and uh you know if i can just help you out or, yeah. or I've, I've heard some real creative things that people do it's 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 amazing um just you know how they can make contact with a local uh, mentor you can find them sometimes in rei groups or, mm-hmm. or clubs uh, meetups what have you um and if you can't find somebody like that then there are some, some good folks out there that aren't really expensive and some of the real expensive ones are good because they're really expensive or, or the other way around they're expensive because they're really good but uh so th- you can do that route too but i think a mentor especially if you're starting later in life is really key and that's a mistake yeah. a lot of people try to fit themselves try to do the books and all the other stuff and i did that in the beginning and i made a lot of mistakes hmm. um so getting a mentor uh another key one which is pretty huge i, I think is really valuable as you start if you really want to grow your portfolio fast is to partner with people Mm-hmm. But partnerships can also be the kiss of death too. And, um, yeah. and I ask a lot of people on my show, you know, whether their biggest mistake and a lot of them will say partnerships, you know, or, mm-hmm. the, or a, a partnership. And, and that was like uh, something that really just was them for a long time. Yeah. So uh, par- I believe in partnerships, but you really, really got to, you don't go get lightning. It's like a marriage. You know, you really have to go in there with somebody with the same values and, and the, you know, the same philosophy that you do. And um, it's, you know, it really, um, that those are probably the two areas I'd say uh, are, are key. Nice. Other than recognizing your why, which you obviously did, what do you think are the main factors that have contributed to your success? Well, I, there's something about being an old dog, <laughs> you know. Okay, uh, I think there's an advantage to being older because you kind of been there, done that a lot, a lot of things. Um, doesn't mean you're you're any more wise necessarily, but uh, I think there's a mixture between just that that uh, you know, having that depth of experience coupled with tenacity and persistence. Mm-hmm. Um, I. There were plenty of times when I was in the midst of this. And again, I ran through my story pretty quick, but there's plenty of times where I said, I'm done. I'm just going to sell these off. And I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm just, gonna, you know, I'm done. Um, but I stuck with it and I was really glad that I did. And, and one of the reasons why is because I had other old dog friends that, that I was talking to who basically had quit and had regretted it. You know, that especially people that sold out during, um, you know, 2007, 2008, really didn't have to if they would have stuck it out just a little bit longer yeah. would have and, and a lot of the guys that i have on my show that are big successes were guys that made all their money during 2007 2008 because they they stuck with it and they and they saw the 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 great deals that were going on and took advantage of it so. yeah 
Nice. Awesome. So how can our listeners learn more about you and your business and your podcast? Well, um, the, uh, a couple of different things. Uh, if you want to know about the, the business itself, uh, that's manaceroproperties.com. It's my last name, M-A-N-A-S-S-E-R-O properties.com. Um, if you want to know about uh, or, or go to our, our website, which has our podcasts, our uh, blogs, it has a lot of uh, free resources and so forth. We even give away a, a what I call a, a, a three-minute property analyzer, allows okay. you to sit down and go through 10 different properties and load the data really quick and, and uh, you know, like the best kind of come to the top of the, the mm-hmm. you know, the lot after you've put them all in. So uh, so there's you know, things like that, that everything's free. I'm not selling anything. I don't coach. I, I, I not that that's a bad thing. It's just that I, I can barely handle doing what I'm doing. So uh, but, uh, there, it is a, you know, sort of, sort of no sell zone and uh, nice. you can come on and anytime. And uh, it, that's old dogs spelled D A W G S R E I for real estate investor. Okay. Network. So it's old dogs, R E I network.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, I will put those links into the show notes. I want to thank you so much for coming on uh, bill and looking forward to connecting with you here in the near future. Oh, you bet Charles. Uh, great. And I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. Hi guys, it's Charles from the Global Investors Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in getting involved with real estate, but you don't know where to begin, set up a free 30-minute strategy call with me at ScheduleCharles.com. That's ScheduleCharles.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Global Investor Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new weekly episodes. For more resources and to receive our newsletter, please visit globalinvestorpodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.